0: On the throw to first base, and the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. This is the only daily Royals podcast, the fastest growing Royals Podcast, so I'm so glad that you're along for the ride as I'm your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Also in the description below, make sure you subscribe and review the show. And today we're going to talk about the A's game from yesterday, the Brewers game from yesterday as it was another split squad in Arizona. We're also going to preview today's game against the Indians and talk all about what's happening around baseball. Let's start with yesterday's A's game. Not much to take away from it. Richard Lovelady and and Glenn Sparkman had good outings in their one inning each. Two guys battling for a bullpen spot. I like what I see out of them. Of course, it's spring training. Not much matters. I think the biggest thing that matters for pitchers is your strikeout-to-walk ratio out of spring. Both these guys had a good spring and had a good day yesterday. At the plate, though, one thing I think is going unnoticed is Jorge Soler. Obviously, the home run champion from a year ago. We all know the story last year, but that was really his breakout season after a few down years. And he's never been a consistent major league player. He's always had outworldly potential, which is why the Royals gave up Wade Davis for him. And he put it together last year, and we've been waiting for him to do it two years in a row, three years in a row, four years in a row. And this could be the start of that. Horace Soler goes two for three yesterday, has done very well this spring, and I think that he's finally turned the corner. I think he's now a guy who you can say you know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get a ton of home runs, a decent enough batting average, but he can't play the field. That's really his only negative against him right now. In this day and age, you'll take the lower batting average for his home run production, but he cannot go anywhere in the field. You can't put him in right. You can't put him in the infield. He is an AL player until the NL gets the universal DH. Now, luckily for him, he's young enough to where that's going to happen within his playing career, well within his playing career. So eventually, all the doors will be open to him. But for right now, he can only really be effective in the AL. You can put him out there, but you're going to need a defensive replacement in the NL. So that's why I think his trade market is limited, not because of his skill set, so to say, but because baseball has not caught up yet and implementing the universal DH, which which should happen by about 2022. So he'll be good to go there. But as for this year, his trade market's pretty limited to just the AL in that sense. Although, as I've said many times on the show, this is a strange year for sellers. There's not many of them. There might be one in each division, and not everyone has somebody worth selling. So there are going to be buyers because there's so, many more, there's so many more teams trying to compete. Again, you look at these divisions. There's only about one team per division that's not trying to win. Now, in the Central, that's the, really the only division, AO Central, that you do have two teams not trying to win. That's the only division that you can pick out two teams that aren't trying to win. That's the Tigers and the Royals. We've talked about what the Royals' ceiling is. While it is a 500 team, it's hard to meet your ceiling. You're going to fall somewhere in the middle of that, your floor and your ceiling. So they're not going to win. So they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Jorge Soler is going to be a guy you shop. And this is a good sign for the Royals. Because again, a good year last year. But he's got to put it together for a couple of years. This is a good start. And I hope that this carries over to the regular season for him. He gets off to a hot start. And then the Royals can recoup some value out of Jorge Soler. He's going to be a free agent. And you know how the business of baseball works by now if you're a Royals fan. Nicky Lopez goes two for three. Again, I've been very high on Nicky Lopez this entire spring. He's been my guy. That I've been saying since before the spring started, I think Nicky Lopez is going to break out. I think he's going to have a breakout season this year. I called my shot. So far, he's looking good. He's looking real good. He got on that Whitmerfield diet. He got on that Whitmerfield hitting plan. He's going well. Let's see if that can go to the regular season as well. And then the last thing on this A's game is Jorge Lopez. He bounced back. He had a rough outing. I talked about it yesterday whenever we previewed this game. He had a rough outing his last time out. I wanted to see how he would look because with Jorge Lopez, it's, it's kind of a thing where it snowballs on him. He has one bad outing. That turns into two. That turns into three. Well, this time Jorge Lopez went out there for two innings, give up one run and three hits. I'll take that. I'll take that all day long from Jorge Lopez because you're normally going to have him pitch one inning at a time. Maybe he'll be an opener type of guy. At one time, we thought he might fight for that fifth spot in the rotation, but I think it's pretty clear he's a bullpen guy, maybe an opener. I'll take that. I'll take two innings of three-hit ball, give up a run, keep the damage limited. Again, in 2020, one run, two run, that's not that's not a big deal because you have to score to win baseball games. So I'll take that from Jorge Lopez. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him this spring. I think he's going to come into his own this year. And really get some fans back on the side. Because, again, earlier this year, earlier this spring, there was a lot of fans turning on on Jorge Lopez. And I think that they're going to come back into the fold once he starts pitching in the regular season. So let's hop over to the Brewers game. In this one, I think Ryan O'Hearn cemented his opening day spot. I said yesterday that I think he's won it. And as soon as we ended that show, as soon as that show goes public, he goes out there to the Brewers game. Goes two for three with the home run. Two for three home run, no big deal. I think Ryan O'Hearn is your guy. He's your everyday player. And I think that he's starting to get that separation. Now, again, yesterday I said it was closer than you might think, and and there might have been a tie, and the tie goes to O'Hearn because of how much Matheny likes O'Hearn. However, I think O'Hearn's starting to get that momentum and starting to build some separation between him and McBroom, I think for sure. O'Hearn is going to be your opening day first baseman, and he's going to be your everyday first baseman. Ian Kennedy looked good, two scoreless innings after getting roughed up a little bit. His last start, I mean, his last appearance, good to see from Ian Kennedy. I was not really worried about him at all, no matter what his spring training numbers are. He's one of those veterans that I could care less about what happens in spring training as long as he's not hurt. Kevin McCarthy went out there, pitched a scoreless inning. That was good to see. I I am still a believer in in Kevin McCarthy. I don't think that there's that many of us left who believe in Kevin McCarthy. But it's good to see that he's back out there and throwing a scoreless inning and having a productive outing. And then Brad Keller. If you listen to yesterday's show, I said that I needed to see something from Brad Keller because Danny Duffy has gone out there and thrown two electric outings. He's thrown good outings each time on the mound. He's been exciting to listen to, exciting to watch, exciting to follow. And yet Mike Matheny still chose Brad Keller as a starter as long as there's no more injuries or setbacks. And Brad Keller has not done anything of note this spring. The best you can say about him is he's turned in some decent outings. Yesterday was the same thing. It was a a good outing. It was fine. It wasn't Danny Duffy, but it was fine. And again, if if you follow me, on Twitter, again, that's at Rylan underscore Stiles, at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. you E S. You'll know I'm not the biggest Danny Duffy fan. I'm not carrying the water for Danny Duffy. I am not one of these Kansas City Rose fans who just are enamored and in love with Danny Duffy. I don't particularly like the guy as a pitcher, and I like the guy. He's a good guy. Everything you read about him, he's a good guy. But as a, as a pitcher, I don't particularly like him. But the fact of the matter is, he's had a better spring than Brad Keller. He's had better stuff than Brad Keller. He's had a better career than Brad Keller, so I'm not sure why Brad Keller's getting the nod on opening day, but in the grand scheme of things, that does not matter. It doesn't matter at all. I'm just saying that I would like to see from your opening day starter who's got the confidence from the manager to go out there and pitch a little bit better. He's not a veteran, Brad Keller. Brad Keller's not this veteran who can go out there and just do whatever he wants on the mound in spring training and and not care about it. So his stats do kind of matter a little bit to me. Brad Keller in spring training. But at the end of the day, again, he was going to be your number two anyway. No matter who's the opening day starter, it's going to be between Danny Duffy and Brad Keller. It looks like they're going to choose Brad Keller, which doesn't... It's fine. It doesn't matter at all. So after the break, let's talk about the Indians game today and also some other MLB news. Welcome back to the Lockdown On podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Again, I'm Ryland Styles, and today the Royals take on the Indians at 3.05. Brady Singer will be on the mound today. It's once again Brady Singer Day. He's had great starts this spring, and he had a rough outing the last time out, and I want to see how he responds. He's still a young guy. He's made it through the first two waves of trim downs on the roster whenever they're sending guys down to minor league camp and you know, seeing where they're going to go once we break camp. Brady Singer is still with the big club right now. He's going to make the start today. I don't think this will last. I think he's going to get sent down as the Royals break camp, he'll go down to the minor leagues for about you know half a month, and then he'll get recalled after that service time window has passed. Because you do not want this year to count against his service time and make him a free agent even sooner. You need to hold on to the pitchers that you draft if they're any good. You need to hold on to them under their arbitration you know under their arbitration years for as long as possible. So you cannot afford. You literally cannot afford to break camp with Brady Singer. This year, especially in a year in which you're going to lose. So it's good for him that he's made it past the first three waves of, you know, first two waves of the roster trim down. But that day is coming for Brady Singer eventually. But it is his day to start today. He's had some electric outings. He's had some outings that make you really pumped up about him and, and really excited to see him in Kansas City. And then his last time out, he, he faced some adversity. He wasn't bad. He just faced some adversity. So I want to see how the young guy responds I want to see how the young pitcher performs today after getting his first taste of you know again I get to say the word again but adversity. I want to see a response to that. Now in terms of the lineup, this lineup has all of the spring heroes of this year. You're going to get Nicky Lopez, you're going to get Ryan O'Hearn, and you're going to get Kyle Isbell. So, it's an, it's a game worth following along. It's not going to be on TV, so if you want to listen to it, that's great. If you want to watch, you know, follow along with the box score, that's fine too, but this is a game worth worth paying attention to. Because again, you got Brady Singer on the mound, you got Nikki Lopez, Ryan Hearn, and Kyla's Bell in the lineup. So let's talk about what's happening around baseball real quick before we close today's show. The, f- the first issue, the first topic is the Mariners are possibly going to move their home games for as long as this coronavirus lasts to Arizona. So, opening day on March 26th, they host the rangers that game could move from seattle to arizona and mlb prefers that games do not get canceled but instead games get moved to different locations and that's the same thought process the nba is having right now as we see breaking news here as i'm recording this that in san francisco they are shutting down large public gatherings such as the warriors games so you cannot have fans at the warriors games now it's interesting This is a this is a situation that impacts a lot of people. Not the fans. The fans don't truly matter in this sense because safety is more important, first of all. Second of all, if they do still play the games, you'll be able to watch it on TV and and follow along with it and know what's happening. What really happens is it impacts, number one, every sports revenue. You know, the NBA not selling tickets down the stretch of their season as teams are making the playoff push and, and even into the postseason. That's a huge loss for the NBA. Now, now, luckily for the NBA, they have massive television contracts to offset that some. And then again, in MLB, you're not going to get those opening day ticket sales if you're in Seattle. It's going to go to Arizona. Well, I'm sure that they're going to play in some spring training complex. I doubt they're going to play in Chase Field. I haven't really read that far, gotten gotten the details on that just yet. As we're recording this, that detail's not out yet where they're going to play exactly. But I assume it's going to be some spring training complex. So I just am interested in the storyline because, again, it, it affects a lot of people. Not just the players, not just the coaches, not just the fans. But also, there's a ton of employees who now don't have a job because of this virus. Ticket, you know, the, the, the people that take her ticket at the door the parking attendants that that park your car, the concession workers, the janitors. So a lot of people who no longer have a job because of this virus and moving games does not does not really impact fans. And so when fans are upset about it, it's it's a larger scale picture of, again, the people who work that you don't really appreciate right now or, or even thinking of right now, who likely don't have a union, who likely do not have contingency plans on if this happens and what to do so it, it is weird it is you know kind of an odd time right now and for all we know we could shut down every sport you know that could happen in the matter of in a matter of hours that is how this virus is outbreaking right now and it's interesting to follow but all we know right now is that the mariners are going to play in arizona once things start getting out to this capacity and leaking out all these details it's going to happen so, the, the Mariners are going to play in Arizona in a couple weeks for opening day. That's one thing we know. Number two is that the MLB is trying their best to not cancel any games. Move them to different locations. Move them to areas not impacted by coronavirus, but also, okay, how does that impact that city? So, let's say that you are moving your franchise, your franchise's home games, to a place without coronavirus, does that then bring coronavirus to that place? Or, you know, who knows? I don't think so. But I don't know anything. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not involved in how this stuff spreads. Conceivably, if you're moving a team, that team is healthy. You're only taking the team there. And you would assume if a fan has coronavirus, they're not going to travel to a different city. But you never know. So all we know right now is that the M's are going to play... In Arizona, the Mariners are going to go down to Arizona and open their season there and play their home games there for a while. The MLB is trying not to cancel any games. And we know today, which we still have not seen any news on it yet, but we know today the NBA is having a conference call with their governors, which NBA calls their owners governors, by the way. They're having a conference call with their owners today to decide what's going to happen. We haven't gotten news from Woj on how that's going to transpire. And why does that matter? Why do I keep bringing up the NBA? Because it feels like the NBA is setting the tone for every other major sport. The NBA comes out and limits media access. So does college basketball. So does MLB. So does MLS. So does NHL. It seems like the NBA, whatever they do, the other leagues are going to fall in line and we're going to have a uniform decision from all of these different leagues. So the NBA conference calls today and tomorrow do matter. So I want to see what's going to happen there. Again, as I'm recording this, no news yet on that. So all we know right now is the Mariners are going to go to Arizona. MLB is trying their hardest not to cancel any games. I don't think games will get canceled as of right now. But again, who knows how this is going to grow and what what this is going to turn into. So as of right now, it's the Mariners and the Warriors who have been instructed to shut down their large gatherings by their state government. I am interested to see how far this transpires. And we might have our answer. By the time I post this, we might not. But I am interested in that. For all the updates on that, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. A little bit of housekeeping before we get out of here. If you want to be in the ESPN Lockdown Royals Fantasy Baseball League, email me your account information. Obviously, I just mean your username or your email. However, you want me to invite you to it. I think ESPN requires your email, whatever email you used to set up your account. I need that email sent to me so I can distribute you your invitation. You can send that email on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Or if you don't have Twitter, send it via email. Send it to LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Those two same places, you can also send questions for tomorrow's show if you so choose. We're going to try to have a, a mailbag tomorrow and answer all your questions about the Royals baseball, life, whatever you want to talk about. So again, ESPN Fantasy Baseball League, if you want that invitation, hit me up on you know the email or on Twitter, and then send in your questions if you have any for a mailbag episode. So that will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Royals podcast. Check out Locked On MLB right now. After you finish this podcast, go over there, listen to Sully and him talk about all the happenings around Major League Baseball. I'm Rylan Styles. This is the Lockdown Rose Podcast. Be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you tomorrow for a mailbag episode of the Lockdown Rose Podcast.